Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Now it's time for our Friday morning coffee break and three good <coughs> friends of the Limerick Today show are with me. I also love saying some of these words. Um, Hilary Thompson, fashionista. Oh, thank you, Joe. <laughs> How are you? Brian fine, Nestor, auctioneer. <laughs> and Nigel Logdale, among other things, thespian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, okay, so some of the breaking news this morning. Philip Schofield has revealed that he is gay. Uh, this morning presenter, who's been married for nearly 27 years, made the revelation only in the last couple of hours as he paid tribute to his wife and daughter. Uh, daughters um, is very well known on British TV, but really no, very well known here as well. He married uh, Stephanie Lowe in March 1993. The 57-year-old wrote on Instagram today, with the strength and support of my wife and daughters, I have been coming to terms with the fact that I am gay. He added, this is something that has caused many heartbreaking conversations at home. I've been married to Steph for nearly 27 years and we have two beautiful grown-up daughters, Molly and Ruby. My family have held me so close. They've tried to cheer me up to smother me with kindness and love despite their own confusion yet I still can't sleep and there have been some very dark moments um, yeah. when you're a public figure on top of all of that I mean you can just imagine anyway, what what do we make of that Hilary? I don't know my God it's uh, nothing surprises me anymore Joe but you know <clears throat> if it gives the man and nobody can judge him he's made the decision obviously he had a very was in turmoil for quite a while. My God, was he in turmoil for 27 years? Um, but it's very difficult for his family as well to accept this. So I suppose, as I say, that's life. Mm. Brian? Very difficult. Yeah, just, you just said the news there. Mm. About, uh, I, lo- I love you, fellow. Do you know what I mean? I love listening to him there on uh, TV, uh, TV programs and that. Yeah, as Hillary was saying there, is it's something that, you know, it's always been there from obviously... Must have been there for a long time, and obviously wasn't able to come out it and that. But it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's two sides of it. You know the the you know you have a wife and you have kids there that are suffering then as well, and that's not to take away. You know that uh, as Hillary rightly says, he was probably suffering for years with this. You know, um, but I suppose nowadays that people are coming out and that. But look, I'm sure it hurt the wife and the kids, but they've obviously been very supportive with him. It's not something that I'd say came out of the blue. I'd say probably my own opinion is that they probably knew themselves. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Nigel? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not a massive deal. It's obviously a massive deal for him and he's something something that he's been dealing with. But I think it, it, it makes me think about the many human beings that over, possibly over the last 40, 50 years who have been dealing with something similar and have never been able to, to deal with it, whether they're married, whether they're not married, whether they're single. It's It's something that, takes a lot of bravery and maybe you know if we were talking about this 15 years ago but a much bigger story um so i don't see it as a massive deal but it does make me think of the many human beings out there who possibly still can't um speak about something like their sexuality because they feel that you know they're going to be judged by it or whatever so i think you know you've seen rugby players coming out recently you've seen but I often think about you know I was lucky when I was younger I was able to I was, I, mean, I grew up in a time when you could tell some somebody that you were gay without feeling that you were maybe going to be harshly judged mm-hmm. but people that would have been older than me maybe you know 10, 15, 20 years older and I've met lots of them who 
found it hugely difficult. And, you know, the idea of even going to meet other men in gay bars back in the 1960s, 70s, 80s was slipping into side doors off dark alleys in cities, you know, and, and having to hide it. Um, I think somebody like Philip Schofield, you know, I remember watching him in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and I said, oh, God, I think that guy might be a bit gay. So I was always, I was always a bit surprised when I heard he was married, you know, I didn't. So it doesn't come as, as a revelation to me with somebody who's got a bit of gaydar. But, um, <laughs> but, but it is a huge deal if you have been married and if you have gone through, you know, where you've been maybe... And I don't think he was hiding it. I'd probably say, you know, you can, you can love... Yeah. Other human beings, you know, sexuality doesn't always have to be gay or straight. You can, you know, bisexuality can exist also. But the actual dealing with it is what can be um, a huge issue. And I'm, I'm glad to see that the world is starting to change to such an extent where being able to say something like this isn't a deal. Well, what's fascinating about no, this... nothing anymore. Everybody, you accept people for who they are, live their lives. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure about that, guys. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think... We've come a long way on the journey, including in this country. Yeah. But the reticence with which three of us are talking about this, you, Brian, you, Hillary, mm. and me in public, compared to the way that people will talk about this very subject in private and the Philip Schofield story, which is all a lot of people will be talking about, compared to the openness with which Nigel is speaking about it, mm. coming from a very distinct life experience, and I understand that, suggests to me that we still have a journey to go. Yeah, and I mean, look, I'm I'm 40 years of age and I came out when I was 20, right? But I hid it. You know, I hid it even when I moved back. I remember moving back to Limerick. When I, when I came out, I was living in Dublin and I was living in London and most of my life was around a scene, particularly in London, where you could be anybody you wanted to be and nobody judged you be it in office environments, be it on the street, be it wherever, that my social life was wonderful. I remember moving back to Limerick 10 years ago and I felt hugely overwhelmed by this need to hide it, even though everybody knew. I didn't speak about it. In fact, I'd say today is the first time I've actually spoken publicly about this, just because you brought that up, because I don't feel I need to hide it anymore. But I would still feel a little bit iffy about who I am. You know, I was in Belfast in the weekend and I was in a gay bar for the first time in seven years because I happened to be in a different city where there was a life. You know, there isn't a gay bar in Limerick. You know, we're, we're, we're this city that's supposed to be, you know, we're looking at the branding last week, we're the third, you know, we're, we're the one of, I think, the third largest English-speaking city in the EU, but we don't have a gay bar, you know, and it's, it makes me go that if you are somebody now who's maybe coming out maybe in their 20s or early 30s, there's nowhere to go except maybe get out of Limerick and go up to Dublin or Galway. So there is still an issue and I certainly feel that whilst there's an openness to it, I, for some reason, still find it a little bit difficult to talk about even though I'm two decades living with it. Yeah, what would you say about that? I think things have changed. So Nigel, um, I have some very good friends who are gay. Um, I, I don't think about whether people are gay or straight. It doesn't matter to me, but I just feel when when there's a situation where there's a family involved, it might be a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. But, uh, God, in life, I've learned the hard way. Uh, I was judged in the past. Now, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm married. Mm. So, But uh, with things I did or whatever, and I don't think anyone has a right to judge people. And I feel that, um, I think, Nigel, I respect you talking about it. You know, and I think mm. it's it's all good. But I have, and I've known Nigel. I've known you a while, and mm. you know my son Mark. And 
I don't know. I just think that people nowadays don't seem to back but ages ago I know that it wasn't accepted maybe a long time ago by people but life has changed and everybody's changed I know we're talking about maybe we sometimes we think maybe we shouldn't talk about but I, th- I think that time is finished but Joe putting me aside I think yeah. I do think about those who are 50 60 65 70 who I was lucky that I hit a time when it was starting to become you know, you were able to talk about it. You were able to tell people you were gay without feeling that the world was going to attack you. But there are people who are still living healthy lives who want to experience what what is fundamentally love, an ability to be able to be loved and to love. But because of the... the their, you know, I, I've seen people, and I remember in Belfast last weekend, I saw a guy who was probably about 65, 70, wandering into a gay bar, looking sheepish, looking... Like, he he didn't belong because he was older and all these young people living their lives, they were all happy. And I have huge empathy for these people who, they know now that they can enter a gay bar and not be attacked or not fear them, mm-hmm. but they've lost the youthfulness and that sort of time when you really are developing as, as, a, as a human being and as a sexual human being where you're able to experience and... and and I, I just feel for those that generation who are maybe 10, 15, 30 years older than me who never got that and are now seeing younger people living that acceptance that you speak about, Hillary, and that have missed. And maybe some of them have gone on to marry. Maybe some of them have gone on to have kids. But all along they knew they were living what they would see as being a lie. And that's, it must be profoundly difficult Mm. And that's why somebody like Philip Schofield, you know, even though I made a joke about the fact that he probably, you know, it's 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 a still a very difficult thing for someone of that age to do. Yeah, Joe, uh, Nigel, but you know, I congratulate you. You know, yeah. coming out there and the whole lot, like you know, it means nothing to me. Like, you're, yeah. you're, you know, you're. you're I won't you're attack you, Brian. No, don't worry. No, you're fine. You're, you're, you're a very nice fella. You're anyway. Nigel. You're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you. Well, uh, we have Send to do, a few well, my way. No, hang on a second. No, I was sorry. Just, just in case there's any any question about this. Sorry, you have never hidden it in your not in your everyday life. Certainly in in the time I've known you, which is quite a long well, time. I remember working here, and you know, I. Would I tell? I, no, you wouldn't. So, you wouldn't make it. No, no I don't. I didn't make be, a song. You wouldn't and be coming into the it. office no. announcing it. But I think you know. But does, does anybody of, who's yeah. straight announce it? But at the no, same exactly. time, it is a part of you that you know. And you might. I might have found myself in situations where people said, you know, of your girlfriend, or you know, you dating yeah. anyone, and that would be where I would get knots yeah. in the stomach and find it difficult to speak about it. Just mm. that's probably my own, you know, hang-ups and not being able to fully accept who I was. But. You know, yeah, just with Nigel there, I just you know he was a bit tense there when he actually said it there, and that was a little bit of a sort mm. of. But do you know what I mean? It's you know life goes on. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, and some of my friends, I have one or two friends, and they're gay, and they're 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 amazing characters, like absolutely, truly amazing characters, and I've great chats with them. And, and, the and in the social, in your social circle, there's no issue with that, no, or yeah. none whatsoever. Okay, none whatsoever. Well, I tell you, the thing that actually worries me most social for, media for Philip Schofield and his family. Social media is yeah, one thing, yeah. and also it's probably the worst country in the world. London is probably the worst city in the world with the media 
to have a public controversy of any sort around a public figure that might also be connected to his private family. But I also think back, what was your man's name, the rugby player, um, Gareth Gareth, Gareth um, Thomas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a rugby player. And they talk a lot about sporting figures who don't come out. And there isn't, I don't think there's been any um, examples of of footballers who have come out as being gay apart from Justin Fashnew. That was a tragedy. That's a very good point. Um, but, But when Gareth Thomas came out, both coming out as being gay and then subsequently coming out saying that he was HIV positive, you know, there wasn't a huge backlash or anything like no, that. No, it was no. perfectly accepted. So I think there might be a maturity in terms of, I mean, watching programs recently, what's his name? Um, the Kardashians, what's his name? Um, Kylie Jenner, you know, mm. or Bruce Jenner. You know, acceptance. There is an acceptance there. But I do think that within human beings from different walks of life, there's still a reticence, and particularly for the older generation, to be able to talk. Okay, very interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Thank you very much to the three of you. Um, that's uh, Nigel, uh, Brian and Hillary are with us for the coffee break and we'll talk about something else after this. Brian, Nestor, Nigel, Doug Dillon, Hillary Thompson are with us for our Friday morning coffee break. So just, I suppose, a general point to where we're heading towards what's called the broadcast moratorium on the general election at two o'clock today and we will have lots of coverage of the count from nine o'clock on uh, Sunday morning from Patrick's Well, the two Limerick constituencies uh, will be on at nine and lots of updates on the FA or social media and also you'll get uh, extra coverage on the Live95 app so download that now if you haven't or live95.ie but in general what have you made of the general election campaign Brian? Yeah we're, we've come around the corner again to another general election and the whole lot and the posters are up but the flyers are in the door they're making uh, their manifestos and their promises and this is a problem and that's a problem and we're going to sort everything out and all that. Then this bickering goes on then with the debaters then as well, the leaders as well. Well, if he didn't do what, you know, back in 2000 or in the noughties or whatever, people are sick of that. You know what I mean? We are where we are today. You know, and I hope whoever gets into government keeps to their word that the major problems here, as I see coming out, is housing uh, affordable housing, social housing and also uh, health. And the working hospitals. in the area you work as an auctioneer, were you pleased to see those issues seemingly right at the top of the agenda this time? Yeah, I, I, I would see it from the point of view of um, certainly there's uh, social, social housing. Do you know what I mean? Um, and also from the point of view of the, the private buyers then, people who first-time buyers looking to get on the property ladder then as well. Um my own personal opinion, I think this relates an awful lot more to Dublin than it does to any other part. I think Limerick is sort of boxing below Dublin. You've Cork, then you've Galway, then you've Limerick. Limerick is reasonable. I know you'd probably look at it and say, what do you mean by reasonable? Like, But still, you can get a house up to anywhere between 180 up to 200, maybe up to 250. And, you know, a three-bed, nice four-bed, semi-detached house. So reasonable, you know, Limerick is reasonable. Yeah, hi. Um, well, I'm, I know I can't mention, but I have been canvassing uh, for the last few weeks and I'll tell you, I'll stick to the model agency. (laughs) My legs are exhausted and I'm tired too. But there's been an education meeting people here, there and everywhere and listening to what they have to say because I never did that before. Never canvassed before. So if you ever go, Joe, I'll be on your list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be staying well out of that one now. Thank you very much. And uh, when you see politicians and indeed the people around yeah. politicians and, and, and all of that. But I mean, you know, and again, we won't get into the candidate. No. We have to be no, fair no, for I reasons of balance. No, but, I know. Yeah. but can I ask you this? Yeah. The sorts of issues that were coming up mm. on the doorsteps, what, what sorts of things were well, people asking uh, about? The, the People are looking for change. 
change, which kind of change we're going to get. That word change. Change, it's, it's everywhere, isn't it? Change. Yeah. And then it's just that, and also um, housing, the health, the Limerick, you know, University Hospital, whatever, and the disaster there. And of course, the pension and everything and anything. People are very unhappy out there. I mean, would Brexit and the economy generally have come up on the doorsteps? No. Brexit hardly came up, mm. actually. Well, on my, you know, yeah, yeah. I, you know, yeah. but um, it was just an education that I just would would be very interested. It was it was an experience, and I I can't wait to see the results. Um, are people courteous to yeah. canvassers? Yeah, very yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. nice. Whether they agree or disagree with you, they'll listen and respond and have a bit of chat. On a few occasions, occurred that the door was slammed in our faces. Because they just said no, okay. no. But uh, otherwise, I found people in every walk of life, every Limerick city and county, very nice. Hmm. So um, I'm still here anyway. <laughs> Your impressions of the general election campaign, yeah, I Nigel? Think it's been, I think locally, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously, I'm more more interested in the local. I mean, I certainly I'm hearing a lot about the the housing issue as a general sort of the word housing, and then the the healthcare system and the problems that that are out in the University Hospital in Limerick. Um, I'm particularly interested in this move more towards as well public transport has come up quite a lot in online debate, social media debate and I think my argument in regards to the city centre and Limerick Limerick in general is that there has to be a change there needs to be there's an op- there seems to be an openness in terms of new candidates new types of candidates um Without mentioning parties at all, you know, I think that some of the issues are that Limerick needs going over the next ten years. We will hit the twenty thirty plan. We have a decade to see fundamental change. I mentioned Belfast earlier. I you, I went up to Belfast for three days and I looked at it through the the eyes of a Limerick person and all of the stuff we talk about. Limerick has to start seeing cranes in the sky. It has to start seeing people living in town. It has to see more retail. It has to see ways of getting around the city easier. And it has to be a place where people aged between 25 and 40 would like to live and move to and have, and have a genuine urban living experience. And I just think we're missing that at the moment. Okay. I have to mention one other story before we finish up because I just think it's absolutely brilliant. In a social experiment to prove to her children and husband how much she cleans up, a mother came up with a genius solution to the problem by secretly attaching money to rubbish lying around the house. She had attached money notes to an empty toilet roll and piece of paper before lying them face down with a finder's keeper's note and she revealed that after six days both pieces of rubbish were still untouched by the kids and her husband. She said, uh, for now I'll keep upping the prize money. I know it's all coming back to me anyway. What do we think of that? <laughs> Classic, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, good grief. Yeah, going to those lengths. And, uh, she must and, have and loads of time in her hands. Well, yeah, gee, going to that length. And, uh, gee, I'd certainly pick it up anyway, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, lazy, aren't they? You know, the father and the kids, like, I mean, that, gee, even to, for five euro, if you went around and picked it up, you got five euro on that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a funny one, all right. I've never heard of it before, but I think we all sort of pull our chores and we do that at home. You know, the husband does this and I do that. Well, if I don't do it, I'm in trouble anyway. So <laughs> it doesn't take a fiver to, move, to motivate me with my wife. <laughs> I'm the same. I ask, it's my husband. That's your job, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why do you think, Nigel? It's an interesting experiment anyway, isn't it? Uh, come here. I grew up in a house where I had a mum who was incredibly house proud. And Lovely if there was something even so much as out of place, and it continues to this day, and it's brushed off in me. I mean, I'm living in a, I have a housemate there who, who lives in, you know, kind of, there would be days when I just close his sitting room door and say, I do not want to look in there. There's a few, if there was, if there was a hundred euro inside in that, or if there was, a, if there was checks for 50 grand, I don't think they'd be picked up inside my room, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to give him right a reply to that. Uh, um, Geraldine has just been in touch with us to say, look, Joe, these diversions in a dare, just to highlight it is business as usual in the local shops and businesses. Um, Geraldine says the diversions are taking business from the town and said there's very little delays as the roadworks are very neat and being carried out efficiently, highlighting that the roadworks and diversions are set to take from 12 to 16 weeks. A loss of business for this amount of time could cause det- be detrimental for local businesses. But, I mean, we're only doing what we've been asked to do by Irish Water and by the authorities to say that these diversions are in place. You know, it's certainly not our fault, um, you know, if people aren't getting the message. But I will also say that I asked the guy from Irish Water directly, would you use the stop-go system going through Adair or would you use the wider diversions that he was on talking about? And he said, well, if it was up to me, I'd use the diversions. So... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Adair has an issue with, with traffic. That's a simple reality at, heavy, at the best yeah. of times. Yeah. But look, we're happy to put the message out there yeah. and see. But clearly people are worried and I can understand why um, in Adair because this is going to go on for a number of weeks. And then, of course, one of the diversion routes is down the N69 and there are, are traffic calming measures going on at, um, at Kilcornan. Anyway, thank you very much yep. uh, to uh, Hilary Thompson, to Brian Nestor and to Nigel Dugdale for Thanks joining so. us on Joe. the coffee break. Uh, we'll be back with you from nine on, on Sunday um, and uh, we'll have coverage of the election there. So tune in live95.ie uh, on the app or at live95 and much more to come with Declan after the break. Call Limerick today now on 461995.